Welcome to The Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope to the people of East London, and I'm praying that you would feel so encouraged by this week's talk. Amen, amen. Let's just give thanks to God for all he's doing. We don't take any of this for granted. A few weeks ago, I had a conversation with a couple who joined church, and they were great. I said, you know, how do you come to be here? Oh, you know, we just moved to London. We're from, um, they're from the other side of the world. And they said, you know, we just love this community. We felt so welcome. And they said, we just got one question. How can we get more involved? How can we make this our home rather than being like consumers? How can we be contributors? And you'll find in this little thing, um, uh, the four ways that we say to everyone, really, if you want to call Saint home, this is what being part of the family looks like. Uh, you know, four things. Number one, everyone praying. Uh, we gathered 550 of us on Thursday night. It was amazing praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our generation, an awakening in our city. And that was just so exciting. We want to pray loads as a church. It's our highest priority. Number two, belonging. We want you to be in a family, in a community. That's why we run connect groups. Find your, your, your connect group. Find a way of belonging here. Thirdly, everyone giving. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. And fourthly, everyone helping. Finding a crew you can, you can volunteer on and give something back. And they found that really helpful. They were like, oh, I get it. That's really easy. We can do those four things. We're going to find a connect group. We're going to start giving. We're going to get plugged in to volunteering and helping. We're going to pray. And it might be you're here today as a visitor, and you're thinking, oh, what are the chances I've come to church on the one Sunday that they're talking about money? You know, what are the chances? It could be worse. It could be like the sex chat, or, or um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think what could be worse. Giving, yeah, we're doing giving this week. That's what we're doing. You know, it could be, uh, it could be the sex chat, it could be politics, um, it could be death. We could be talking about death. You know, uh, does anybody ever think about death, the Barbie movie? You'd watch that? Have you seen that? No? Okay, just me. All right, so we'll move on. So if you're a visitor, you're going to be okay. Don't worry, there are fire exits there and there if you need to make a run. Just go. Um, and if you're a regular member of the community, this is really for you. And, and I'm speaking really for those who are, who are already giving and those who are perhaps on the journey who say, well, look, we want to be part of Saint. How do we begin? What's it kind of, what's it all about? And you'll see um, that, that what we're going to do a little bit later is take up an offering. But I, I want just to give you a little bit of data you know, data is important, and you'll find lots in here of what, what, what kind of goes on here. But just to give you a clue, one of the, the, the reason we're taking up an offering today is the church is growing. You know, last Sunday, we had 1,045 people walk through the doors of Saint. And that is a 36% increase on the same Sunday one year ago. So rewind a year. Last Sunday, a year ago, was 767 and we count everyone through the doors because, well, it's, it's good to make sure we know who's in the building capacity-wise, but also because every single one of us counts. We're part of God's work here. And if you think about it numerically, we have grown 36% in the year. That's why those of you who like, are in the balcony, um, I love it. It's filling up. You, know? you guys are up there in the, the royal box, the VIP section up there. But you know, now you get to church and you've like, you got to fight for a chair, right? That's my chair. Don't touch it. You know? And that's exciting. Um, but here's the thing. We'll be able to explain to you in the data that there are currently 295 people who give on a regular basis into the life of the church. 
And while the giving of the church is growing, the growth of the church has way outstripped the giving. And so you'll find that there is a shortfall, and that's the need we're bringing to the church today. And that's a shortfall of 576,533 pounds. That may sound like a really large number, but it's not actually. It's simply the gap between our growth and our current giving. Because there are 36% more of us here, that means the kids' groups are growing. The volunteer crews are growing. Youth is growing. Students' ministry has just started. Uh, Amazing things are happening. Lighthouse, the work at Lighthouse is growing. And so what we do today is an opportunity to lay that need before you and to pray and encourage those of you who might be like here as part of the church community but haven't yet crossed over from being part of the church to being kind of brought in and like being a contributor to what we're doing. And that's really the prayer today is that God would help us prepare the way and we believe he's doing an amazing work in this place. We really believe he's doing amazing things in this moment. But part of preparing the way is would we be ready to give sacrificially and generously? If you read the history of the church all the way through the story, book of Acts, chapter two, Pentecost, the next thing that happens is they gave extravagantly into the work of God. Fast forward, later in the book of Acts, again, the spirit gets poured out. The next thing that happens is they give and they sow into the work of ministry. All the way through church history, whenever God is on the move, it is accompanied by a move of people's hearts to sow in generously to the work of God. So why don't we pray as we start? And I'm confident today we're not doing fundraising. We'll leave that to the fundraisers. This is not like a kind of donations drive. I'm not at all interested in that. What I'm here to tell you is that Jesus is after your heart. Your treasure follows your heart. That's all we have to give God today. First, our heart. If you could just write one word on this, it's I give my heart. And let the Lord speak to you today about how you might play your part in this. So let's pray. Lord, we come today with a practical problem. We thank you for the growth of this community. Lord, looking around, we just know that you're doing wonderful things. The balcony's filling up. Hundreds watching online through the week. And Lord, we can't do this without your help. And pray you'd move in each of our hearts today, that we'd respond each in our own way to prepare the way for the Lord. Father, we confess to you that we want to live consecrated lives. We break before you today the idol of materialism. We lay down the love of money at the cross. We break open our lives and we say, all we have is yours. Speak to each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to go to John's Gospel, chapter 6. We looked last week at Jesus' ministry beginning in Mark. And I'm going to fast forward a few chapters in John's Gospel to chapter 6. And we're going to read a story that begins in verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing those who were ill. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up, he saw a great multitude, a great crowd coming toward him. And he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? <laughs> great question. He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, make the people sit down. 
There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there, and that would mean maybe double that number. Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks, distributed them to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they'd all eaten enough, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that were left over and let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets of pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who were eaten, who'd eaten. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to speak to us today about preparing the way for the Lord through open-handed obedience. We live in a generation that are spiritually and physically hungry. If you go to Lighthouse, that's running right across East London now, you will see in the eyes of people who are hungry their deep need. This is not a game. This is not charity. This is the kingdom of God at work. In the same way, spiritually, people are hungry. The rock star, Alice Cooper, says this, it doesn't matter how many drugs I take, I'm not fulfilled. This isn't satisfying. There's a spiritual hunger going on. Everybody feels it. You don't feel it now, you will, trust me. The crowd who followed Jesus are hungry. They're following him because they're hoping he's going to meet their need. And Jesus says this in verse 5, when Jesus looked up, he saw a great crowd coming towards him. And then he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Question mark. So Philip, being quite a sensible guy, he does the maths. He's like, well, there's about 5,000 men, and that's not counting like the women and children. There's probably 15,000. Well, hang on a minute, an average, a sandwich. If we... And he does the math. He works out it's more than half a year's wages. He says, we can't do it. We don't have the resources. This is the wrong picnic to pick. And they make excuses face-to-face to Jesus. They said, well, yes, you know, we don't know how we're going to do it. Here are five myths about giving to saint. Number one, we are terribly well-funded. You know, you can see the numbers for yourself. We're not. We don't know where the money's going to come from. We don't know how we're going to make it to Christmas. That's why we're here. Our strategy is that the resources of the church, the reserves of the church, are in your pockets. God's in it, and he'll provide. If not, we'll pack up and go home. Myth number two, we make lots of money from gigs. <laughs> I wish we did. You'll see from the numbers again, we make about 7,000 pounds a year in the last year, profit from our gigs. That's, you know, all right, we're getting going. We're coming out of the pandemic. We want to open this church up to be a cathedral of creativity. That's the vision. You know, 20,000 people came through the doors of this church in the last year to come to an event. Isn't that exciting? Those people who stepped foot in the church the first time, what we hear is story after story. I was talking to a friend. They got somewhere in their connect group, came for the first time to a gig, thought it was quite a nice place. They thought they'd come back again. They came on a Sunday. They heard about Alpha. They went on Alpha. They came to faith. They joined this connect group. That's why we open our doors. This would be a cathedral of creativity, a beacon of hope. But it doesn't provide all the money. Third myth, the numbers are so large that my contribution won't make a difference. Not true. Every penny counts. The widow's might, 
The smallest coin made the biggest difference. You know, the truth is, Saint, we don't have lots of like very wealthy donors here. We're not bankrolled by some select few. Our giving is made up of regular people, families, who, individuals, young people, old people, people who give as they can, sacrificially. And I love it that way. I love that we're all in it together, that we are the community for the community, bringing hope to the people of East London. Fourth myth, the Church of England pays for it all. Not true. I'd love it if they did. But we actually help contribute, as is right, back to help other churches. We contribute into what's called Common Fund. We pay our full Common Fund. That's a joy to help other churches. In fact, we give loads away of our time, our energy, our resources, our community, supporting other churches. Fifth myth, someone else will pay for it. Not true. The only people who regularly give into the life of this church are this church. I mean, it's us. We're a local charity. We have been since the beginning. Since records began, the, the work of God in this place has been supported by the people in this place. No one else is going to give. And if they did, if you're watching online, you know, you're welcome to give here if this is your church. But can I encourage you, if you're a, a community, go find a local church and give there. You know, we want to sow into communities. We believe in proximity. No one else is going to pay for this but us. You know, every now and then I get stopped on the narrow way. You know, when you're walking maybe by the station and there's like guys quite often in like blue uniforms, like they're kind of charity, like they're kind of like trying to get you to sign up for their charity. Charity muggers, I call them chuggers. You know, they're, they're there like to sort of stop you. And they even got me on my bike the other day. I was going down the narrow way at a good pace and this guy jumped out and was like, stop. And I was like, whoa. I have developed a new technique, okay? I'm going to share this with you. Try it out. Let me encourage you to do this. Next time you are stopped on the narrow way or wherever you're walking by a charity mugger, a chugger, they say to you, hey, can I have a moment? You know, would you like to support this charity? And you say to them, actually, no. Well, well let me tell you why. I'm already taken. I give to the work of Jesus in this place. Jesus has changed my life. Let me tell you about Jesus. Have you got a minute? You're going to find... That that conversation ends real quick. <laughs> it's the antidote. Let me tell you about something I've got to share with you that's going to change your life today. Okay, back enough, back enough quickly. You do it enough, you get a reputation. They leave you alone, okay? We are the only ones who have the privilege of giving to this community. Don't find a reason not to be obedient in your finances. Like the disciples, we'll always make excuses. Oh, the chairs are not quite right. I wish they reclined. Don't wait till we're the perfect church to start your giving because we're never going to be a perfect church. We're just trying to follow Jesus as he does his work and he'll work it out as we go. So while everybody is arguing about how to pay for the picnic, a kid who obviously hasn't, you know, read the memo, pushes his way through the grown-ups and says, hang on a minute. <laughs> hey, you may be in trouble, guys. I've got the solution. I've got a picnic with me. Five loaves, two fish. I love that childlike faith. You know, you may think your little offering is worthless, but to God, it's worth everything. It's that heart attitude. The kid comes and Andrew quickly 
who's no fool, says, well, hang on a minute, there's a kid here. Maybe he paid attention when he heard Jesus say the kingdom of God belongs to kids like this. And he says, look, there's a, there's a kid. And the kid says, I've got some bread and some fish. And he offers everything he has into the hands of Jesus. Do you want your life to have a purpose? Do you want to have an impact? Give your life to Jesus today. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, give your life to him. If you've been walking like in your own, the captain of your own soul, surrender as CEO of your life today and let Jesus lead you. He's far better at it than we are. You see, Jesus can't be Lord of part of our lives. If we say Jesus Christ is Lord, he's either Lord of all of our lives or he's not Lord of it at all. You can't say, well, he's Lord of this bit of my life, this bit of my life, this bit of life, but my finances, they're mine. Well, then you can't say Jesus is Lord. You can say good teacher, moral leader, life coach, counselor, but not Lord. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, was asked once, aged 80, what the secret to his years of ministry were. And he said, the secret's this. For the last 80 years of my life, Jesus Christ has had all that there is of William Booth. What would your life look like if you gave all of your life into his hands? Well, we might do things differently. We might worry about different things. We might pray differently. God wants to feed a multitude through our lives and it can begin today. Sometimes people will say to me, you know, how much should I give? They'll sometimes find me at the end of church, say, oh, yeah, it's gift day, and I've got the stuff here, and I just want to ask some, you know, I've got, I've got um, what's the sort of like, is there like a, a kind of like entry-level membership rate, you know? I'm like, no, no. I'm not going to tell you a number or how much you should give. That's between you and Jesus. It's entirely a matter for the Holy Spirit. You don't have to give anything. It's not the point. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, Paul writes this, each of you should give what you've decided to give in your heart. In other words, it's private between you and God. Not reluctantly. In other words, don't kind of, this is not kind of me twisting your arm. It's not a telethon or a fundraiser. Or under compulsion. No one's going to force you. But let God speak to you today in your heart. I once went to see a friend. I became a Christian when I was 18. It took me a couple of years to realize that my wallet needed converting as well. And I went to see a friend and I said, you know, how much should I give? And really the question I was asking was how little could I get away with without getting in trouble with God? <laughs> Start somewhere. In the Old Testament, they had a rule. Tithing. You took 10% of everything, all your income, and you gave it to the work of God. 10% of your herbs, if you grew herbs. 10% of your freelance income, if you're a freelancer. And it was like the law. If you didn't do that, you were kind of in trouble. And Jesus comes along, and they, they asked him, you know, what do we do now? Do we carry on that stuff? And the answer Jesus gave over and over again was essentially this, that he hadn't come to negate the law. He'd come to free us from the law so that we might be free to exceed the law. We might have grace. 
In fact, it's not 10% of your life that you give to Jesus in the baptism waters. You give everything. All that we are is his. Therefore, it's like, Lord, here, here's my life, here's my time, here's my, my money, my energy, my body. What, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to live? That's the way to approach it. So the early church didn't stop giving. They gave as much as they could. They gave freely. It starts with a simple obedience by listening to the Holy Spirit. I remember early on in the, the life of Saint, uh, we were a lot smaller than we are now. We had a little staff team that we, we brought on to sort of start doing kids' work and youth work. And the giving, you know, we got to one month when we got an unexpected bill in for one of the buildings, and it, it just sort of wiped out all the cash in the bank. And the person who was looking after the finances rang me up and said, Al, you know, we are in trouble. It's payday on Friday. It's payroll goes out. And it was a Tuesday at this point. We have no idea how we're physically going to make the payroll. And they were on the staff. They were the, the, the person responsible for operations. And they said, even if I don't pay myself, we still can't pay everyone else. And it was, it was really serious. And then I went to bed and I was like, I don't know what to do. And I didn't, I have to confess, I was panicking. Um, and I remembered a prayer. I said, Lord, I have no idea how we're going to do this. You're going to need to help us out here. And to my astonishment, no one knew our situation. But uh, the next day, I got a phone call. Uh, I got a message to call this person back. And I rang this person back. And they're a person who's not even involved in this community. They don't live in London. Uh, but they're a godly, godly person. They were praying. And they said, look, I've been praying. And this morning I woke up and I was praying for you and, and Liv and the, and the team starting this adventure in Hackney. And they said, the Lord just said to me to give you a gift. The Holy Spirit laid it on my heart to give you a gift. And what was amazing, they gave a significant sum of money, several, well, tens of thousands of pounds. It was exactly the amount that we needed to make it through the end of the month. It filled the hole almost to the penny. Listen to the Holy Spirit today. Let him stir you to respond. It might just be starting giving regularly five pounds a month. You might be a student or be unemployed or retired. Let me encourage you to start somewhere. I mean, you know, we're good with our phone subscriptions. You know, we're good with buying a coffee every now and then. Could we commit today to move from being a spectator to being a participator? And let me encourage you as well. Like, if you are, if finance is an area of great fear for you, God wants to bring freedom. We run a money course that is brilliant at helping people learn to budget. And even when money's tight and the bills are increasing, working out how you can free up your life so that you're not a slave to money, that you're free to be able to be generous. And there's no price on that. Anyone can be generous. Whatever level of income you're at, it's a choice. Practically, the best way to give is, is regularly and online. That's the sort of most effective way to do. What we do as a, as a family is that we have a, um, uh, we set up online. We give online. And at the start of each month, as the kind of, our, you know, we get paid and things come into our bank account, before anything else goes out, the first thing that goes out from our account is our regular giving. That way we don't think about it. Because uh, if I'm honest with you, if it was like halfway through the month, you know, the bills had come in and, you know, I you know, sort of thought, well, you know, by that point, you're having a conversation each month with it. 
So the way we do it is we just commit, we're going to start giving, and that's why online giving is a really helpful. We don't have to have this sort of wrestle with our hearts each month. And then we try and do each giving Sunday is just stretch a little bit, give a one-off gift, not sort of stay static. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7. He says this great principle. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7. And what this means is, if you have a look at the scripture, what this means is not a prosperity gospel. Please understand, we don't preach a prosperity gospel. That is not, well, it's, I would suggest it's not godly theology. You're not blessed more when you give more. When you give, you have less. It's just logic. But what is a blessing is God changes our hearts. We are like generous people live longer. They have more friends. It's like that bit you can prove. If you are generous and your life is outward facing, you are blessed in the sense that your life, your relationships, your, your heart changes. So don't sow sparingly, sow generously. Jesus says this again, Luke 6, verse 38, if we could have that scripture up. He says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. If we could find that, six, Luke 6, verse 38. Give and it will be given to you. Look at that. In other words, Jesus is saying, you're not going to be like, you're not going to be poorer for giving spiritually. The measure you use, the measure will be given to you. And notice what happens when the, the, the boy brings the loaves and fishes. What does Jesus do with the loaves and fishes? Well, the first thing he does is he picks it up and he gives thanks. Another account of the feeding of the 5,000, it says he looked up to heaven and gave thanks. Thomas agrees. He looked up to heaven and gave thanks. When we hand in our cards in a moment, these little scribbles that we put down there may feel like costly or a start or, oh, I don't know if we can do this, but know that God takes that and he lifts it up to heaven and he gives thanks. In fact, the word in the Greek is the word Eucharistin, from which we get the word Eucharist. It's the same word. Jesus breaks the bread and passes it out, passes it out. He'll take the offering we give today and he'll break it, give it away. People's lives will get transformed. Start giving regularly and you think, well, is it going to make a difference? And you look back and you think, wow, kids are hearing about Jesus. People who had no hope are getting hope. People who are addicted are getting free. You know, last Sunday after the vision talk, someone I talked about, somebody getting free from cocaine, another guy came up to me in the congregation. They just said, you know, I just want to thank you. Six weeks ago, I heard a similar story here at church, and I'm an addict, and I went and got help, and I'm now in rehab, and I haven't used since then. My life is different. They came here, and they heard that Jesus could change their life, and their life is transformed. This is happening week in, week out. God takes what we give and he breaks it and gives it to broken hearts and broken lives. And if you're struggling, know that there's no place better to be than in the hands of Jesus. He can change things. 
something miraculous takes place. Prepare the way for the Lord with open-handed generosity because when we give to him, he takes it and he multiplies it. Many were fed, 5,000. Many more than the five little loaves and two little fish. Lives impact. We're still talking about it today. (laughs) Nearly 2,000 years later. But here's the thing about bread that I'm sure you know. If you don't use it, it goes stale. Manna in the desert. Couldn't be kept. It had to be used and feed people. Don't procrastinate. Don't think, well, it's a great talk, Al. I feel really encouraged, really inspired. Let me just think about this. I'll add it to my to-do list. It's today. Now's the time. And God doesn't need our giving. What he wants is our hearts, our generosity. And it's that which will prepare the way for the Lord. Giving is the side product One of our prayer meetings a while back, a few years ago now, we were praying about a gift day like this, and I was like, oh, I have no idea how it's going to work. I mean, I just don't know how we're going to get through. And I was praying, and during the prayer meeting, I remember a few of us, we were talking about this earlier this morning, John Palmer, a few others were there. There was probably eight or nine of us praying early morning. And in the middle of the prayer meeting, the doors burst open. One of my friends who's homeless on the streets here, I know him quite well now, he wandered in. And uh, he's not a regular churchgoer yet. But he wandered in. I thought, oh, hello. You know, it's going to be one of these moments when, you know, we, this, he's going to ask for money. Let's, let's, you know, have a conversation. But he walked in. He went straight past me. And he walked straight up to the altar. And on the altar, he got out his wallet. And he slapped down a 20-pound note. And he walked out. And if I'm really honest, I felt like picking up the 20-pound note and running after him. Saying, I know your life. I know your story. I know you're you're often asking for money on the street. I don't know where this money's come from. And the Holy Spirit checked me and was like, do not stop me moving people's hearts. Because it's never about money. It's always about God drawing people's hearts. And that 20 pounds, I like to think that's the seed for Lighthouse. 450,000 meals fed to people like that on the streets. That's multiplication. Imagine what could happen with what we give today. Think of the lives that be impacted. Youth. That we see thousands of young people impacted across East London. Planting churches. You know, we announced last week our sixth location. In fact, six, seven, and eight. We're planting three churches just around the Chatsworth Road, Homerton High Street where the kids are too afraid to cross the road for fear of gang violence. We're going to go and do Lighthouse and Alpha and Youth and get things going there on the Kingsmead and all the estates. We want to see life brought so the streets of London will be paved with gold, paved with hope, paved with lives. I think of Renaissance. You know, why do we run Renaissance? We believe that there's a call on the church in our generation to be the most creative place on the planet, that the Spirit of God would inspire you, that you might live your life in such a way that makes a difference. That's what we're seeing with Renaissance. Hundreds of people are coming together. Now, around the world, over 100 churches around the world want to start running Renaissance. 
And we run a conference here. There's one in November. We're just getting to a place where it's starting to break even. But the work around the world is just starting. You know, Annie and those who work on Renaissance now, every week I meet with them and they're like, Australia, five churches starting Renaissance. Across America, four more churches want to start running Renaissance. What do we do? We're literally typing out the thing each week, saying, here's, here's what you do, here's how you, here's how you run a conference, here's how you run a collective. But the vision is this, that all around the world, the church in our generation would be at the forefront of creativity. That we'd reimagine the world when the robots are doing it better than us. That we would be the ones to say, we're filled with the Spirit of God. Could we help train and encourage other churches? Could we give ourselves away? And I shared this last week. If we're a church that just wants to fill up and fill up and fill up, well, like a bath with no overflow, what happens eventually is it just tips over and ruins the house. But if you have an overflow and you give yourselves away, not just for the people of East London, but all around the world, we could see such transformation in our generation. Imagine what could happen with Lighthouse if it wasn't just running on four locations, but five, six, seven, that people, every corner of every street in the city would know that there's hope, would know that they're loved, would know there's a place for them to come. I'll tell you a fun thing. It's fitting because we're talking about bread. We're about to launch something called Daily Bread. Again, creativity plus the Holy Spirit equals the future of the church. Daily bread. Imagine if you want to go and buy a nice loaf of bread in E5 Bakehouse, London Fields, or somewhere like that. And you walk in there and you say, rather than getting your kind of whole meal, whatever you get, nice loaf of bread, you say, I want a daily bread today. Jesus says, give us our daily bread. I'm going to have a daily bread. And rather than getting a loaf for yourself, you buy a loaf, but that also pays for a loaf for someone who's hungry through Lighthouse. Well, we've been working on this for a little while. We're about to launch it in November. But it's a real thing. It's going to be called Daily Bread, and it's going to be in partnership with the E5 Bakehouse and the kiosk in the gardens. And anyone who wants to do it, any store in East London, you can walk in, and the church is helping facilitate that you buy a loaf of bread, and we give a loaf of bread. We feed someone. Yeah, that's what the kingdom of God is about, taking your daily lives and transforming it, giving it away. Imagine the impact you could have in your work, in your creativity, in your parenting, in your school, in your university, in what you do if you used your gifts to transform the world around you. And that's the miracle that happens here. This kid gives what he has, and Jesus takes it and breaks it and gives it away, and it multiplies, and we're still talking about it today. And that is how we prepare the way for awakening in our generation, by saying, here we are, we got everything is in your hands now. All we want is to be a church that helps prepare the way for the Lord. You know, we long for revival. That the church in our generation would burst into life. That there would be hope. But every great move of God throughout history has always been accompanied by a small, committed group of people who prepared to give sacrificially. You know, would you think about whether that's you today? I mentioned this book a couple of times, The Charitable Return to the Parish. Records begin in 1603. Goes back 100 years, 200 years. But the earliest entry, 1603, Charitable Return to the Parish of Hackney. Beautiful, I don't know if you can get a shot of that. Quill and ink. 
beautifully written. It says there, 1603, and it lists the name of the person who gave. This was the first gift day we've got on record. But there were lots before that. But what we're doing in a moment isn't anything new. Filling one of these in, it's not done by quill and ink anymore. But what we're doing is we're giving, like we have done, well, here for 850 years. Each generation committing to be obedient, to prepare the way for the Lord. You know what the first entry is? Thomas Heron says this, this gift, see how much it's for, hang on. Two and 12, whatever that is, 1603, some of you will know better. Two shillings and tuppence or 12 or whatever it might be. I don't know, what, what was it in those days? I don't know what you're saying, but um, John Palmerton knows. Two and 12, it says this. This gift is directed by the donor to be disposed of by one dozen penny wheaten bread, loaves, to be given every Sunday of the year for the poor from the church. First gift day, he gave, I imagine, sacrificially, so that we would give bread to the poor, to the vulnerable. But my favorite thing about this is that, not the entry, but in the margin over here, there's another little annotation. Probably a hundred or so years later, it's in a different kind of, it's in a pencil by that stage. So when would that be? I don't know. But it just has a tick. Thomas Heron gave on gift day, 1603, for bread for the people. Someone at some point's come along and gone, tick. I wonder what you'll write on your card today. And I wonder what in generations to come, they'll come back and look through and go, yeah, lighthouse students and hey baby and youth and planting and creativity and giving ourselves away and pouring ourselves out tick helping serving loving giving bringing hope for the people of east london in jesus name tick i wonder if they'll go through the names when we get to heaven we'll look back and think it was worth it we played our part in this moment in bringing hope preparing the way for the lord in jesus name amen so should we do it would you like to grab your gift card? And if you're a visitor, again, a reminder, just think of this as the normal offering. But if you consider this your home, if you consider this church community to be your home, let me encourage you today to start giving regularly if you don't already do so. To think about stretching your giving if you already give and think about maybe giving a one-off gift. And the team are going to come around with buckets and pens. If anyone needs a bucket and a pen, um, uh, or a card, they'll do that. It will help you fill them in. And then we're going to take a moment, and we're going to do this together. And even if you give online, I'd love to encourage you to write this just so that we can keep track of it through the day. We're taking up an offering across all the services today. So at the top, you'll find my giving, and it'll say, I'm giving a new regular gift. So if you want to sign up, that's where you start. Start somewhere today. And then secondly, you're increasing your regular gift, or you're giving a one-off gift. And then your details, your name, first name, surname, 
bone. And then your email address. And then your address. And that's important. That's important for two reasons. One, because I write personally to thank everyone who gives. So it's helpful if I can find out where you live in advance. Um, and secondly, uh, the government will contribute gift aid. If you're a taxpayer, you can claim the tax back. You know, we can help do that for you. And it's, it adds, for every pound that's given, 20 pence more, which is significant. So gift aid is a good way to um, do it. And you can, this is a gift aid form as well. So, okay, and then postcode. And then the date, what's the date? It's 17th. 17th to the 9th, 23, yeah. And then the location we're in is Hackney. And then the orange box, tick that, it's a gift aid box. And then the kind of beigey box, that's the um, GDPR box. If you could tick that, we'll look after the data for you. And then at the bottom you sign it, and then it's good to go. We'll just take a minute more to do this. The band are going to come back, and we're going to take this up in, a, um, in the context of worship as the offering comes out. It's a chance just to give together collectively. Um, and we don't want to do this as an, a kind of fundraising. Um, this is a celebration. This is worship. That's why we give in the, in the context of singing. It's because this is part of our offering to God. So when you're ready... Um, I know some of you are doing this online as we do this as well. And if you're watching online, hopefully in the chat, you'll be able to find a link to give and all of that. Um, but when you're ready, uh, we're going to take these and we're going to pop them in the buckets. And let me encourage you again, if you're here and you don't yet know Jesus, or you're watching online and you don't yet know Jesus, the most powerful thing you can do today is just give your heart to him. Like just pray a simple prayer. Sorry, Lord, I'm sorry for everything I've done wrong. Thank you that you died for me. Come and fill me. Maybe coming to Alpha, it starts at the beginning of October. Uh, but right now, we're going to take up a physical offering. And before the buckets come round, are the buckets ready? Okay, would you like to stand? Don't go quite yet, don't, don't start. Okay, they've started. Would you like to stand as we worship together and the buckets are going to come through? Lord, we pray you release generosity in this place today. Lord, provide for our needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And we ask for an outpouring of generosity in Jesus' name that future generations would look back at Gift Sunday in 2023 and give thanks for what was given. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. If you'd like to find out more, give or connect with us, visit our website, saint.church. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.